Hello and welcome to our monthly podcast series, In Conversation With. Hello and welcome to the Global Cosmetics News podcast. Today we'll be talking about naturals and first it's my pleasure to introduce our panellists. We've got Corrine Morley, Sales and Marketing Manager at Natural Skincare Brand Trilogy. We've got Teresa Yi, Senior Beauty Editor at WGSN, and Miriam Benahood, who's Technical Director at Keracle. Welcome, everybody. Lovely to have you here. Let's start talking a little bit about why natural. What are the advantages of using naturals in projects? What do they bring to the table? Um, Corinne, do you want to talk a little bit about that from our... Yes, sure. Well, um, Trilogy, as you said, is a New Zealand natural skincare company. And from the beginning, we set out to create beautiful natural skincare products that perform really well and challenge what's already out there in the synthetic world. So they're designed to work as well as, if not better. And we truly believe that everything the skin needs to look wonderful, to be healthy and radiant, can be found in nature. And obviously we have lots of customers that agree with that as well. And it's very much a growing trend that we're seeing in the world around us and people's lifestyles, the decisions that they're making on how they live. They're looking for a more healthy, a better well-being of life. And I think natural really backs into that as well. So people are a lot more aware about what they're using in their everyday lifestyle as well as what they're putting on their body and face. And Marin, do you want to add to that from a formulations perspective? What is the advantage of natural? Is it better? Yes, I mean, Corinne is completely right about the beautiful products that nature makes. Nature has very, very clever tools to make compounds and ingredients that we are not able to imitate. And so uh, harnessing this, understanding the chemistry of natural products allows us to do better than what we used to do with synthetics. We love working with naturals. There's a lot of work to be done still to understand and really improve our use of these naturals. So if we're saying that, yes, naturals from a formulations perspective can bring more to the table than synthetic equivalents, let's talk a little bit about where this trend comes from because I don't personally believe that this trend has been born from a desire from effectiveness, especially recently. It's more been born from fear the well-being and clean beauty trend is much more a no chemicals, which, you know, whatever your personal opinion on that phrase is. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that, Teresa? Cool. Tell us where the trends come from. And- so consumers are demanding more safer, more cleaner, more kind of transparent products than ever before. And I think this trend has come from the food industry, the clean eating industry. And this is driving consumers to take a much more closer look at what's in their beauty products. And I also think that health is one of the number one reasons why the consumers are switching to this non-toxic and chemical-free products. But also, we've seen the number of people suffering from allergies um, increasing too, which is leading to consumers to seek out those clean and um, safer um, for their skin products. And then as the consumer becomes even more educated... New demands are emerging as well. For instance, gluten-free, nut-free, vegan products too. I mean, let's break that down a little because can we claim that natural products are safer? Is 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 that the case, Miriam? Do you want to talk to us a little bit so, about that? Um, no. <laughs> so that's not absolutely true in the sense that uh, natural has developed and evolved um, to be able to have a tool of weapons 
uh, that protects them uh, from predators and pests. So plants uh, that are rooted in the soil can't protect themselves from these uh, pests and predators, and so they have a range of chemicals that they use as weapons. These weapons can be quite toxic, or these chemicals can be quite toxic. So one of our tasks as uh, modern uh, natural product cosmetics is to identify these most toxic elements, to um, remove them in our processes when we process the plant material or when we transform the plant material. So uh, the product that we will uh, then formulate with these ingredients will be safe for the consumer. And so uh, that is an important aspect. So not all natural products are safe to use. And so understanding the science, the chemistry of natural products, it is very, very important. So uh, we need to make a difference between synthetic or petrochemical-based ingredients and chemicals. So all ingredients are composed of, ingre- of chemicals. Uh, there are those that come from naturals, natural plant material, and those that come from synthetic petrochemical-based ingredients. So this is the only thing we need to be careful. And uh, so transparency is important to make sure that uh, consumers can read the labels, can read the ingredient list, understand which of these ingredients come from uh, natural products and which come from synthetic sources. Often because we don't have yet an alternative that is natural, that is uh, sustainable, that is uh, can be produced in large quantities without damaging the ecosystem or its ecosystem. And sometimes because of the efficacy, uh, the synthetic can be more efficient doing what it needs to do in the formulation than the, the natural one. So this is something uh, we need to keep working on to find um, solutions that are plant-based. Perfect. So if we're saying that the consumers are basically confused, <laughs> do we need to improve education on this point? Because in my opinion, I use natural products myself. I adore natural-based products, particularly the smell. However, I do understand that natural products are also chemicals and I feel that lots of people do not. And they say, I don't want any chemicals, I don't want to use any chemicals on my body and it makes me laugh because even water is a chemical. (laughs) Um, So I I feel that um, perhaps what we're not doing and what the clean beauty movement is not doing is explaining to consumer the essential difference between those. Um, how, how do we go about educating consumers on this point? I think education is a big piece and it is down to brands to be very clear with their labelling and with the claims that they make. Um, but back to the point earlier about how effective is natural skincare and I think Certainly when Trilogy started 15, 16 years ago, the natural skincare industry was in a very different space. And there was a lot of questions about whether natural skincare did perform at the same level. And what we found over the years is that natural skincare does perform at the same level as the synthetic counterparts. And this has maybe led to a lot of those questions like 
the one that you raised. Is it as effective and is it safe? So absolutely, we have to make sure that natural ingredients are just as safe as all other ingredients because um, health is the most important thing for everyone and everybody has to have trust in the personal care products that they're using. But I think what's happened over the years is that natural skincare has been proven to work as effectively as the synthetic counterparts. So I think this is where there's confusion over it. So we can't just say if it's natural, it's safe and it's better because it still needs to be proven and we have to be clear about that. And that's why we also get different standards within the the different natural skincare brands as well. Not all brands are equal, not all natural ingredients are equal. Marion, do you want to add to that when we're saying not all natural ingredients are equal? So natural ingredients are labelled with their plant name and so it means a lot of things. The way they are processed is not always very clear or not described at all. And so uh, a plant will have uh, different uses. Parts of the plant will give different components. Uh, An extract can be more or less concentrated, and that's very important for the effectiveness of the product. So this is where transparency needs to go a step further. And um, if in the label it's too much information, then find other ways to discuss this. So we have beautiful tools now, uh, blogs on websites um, um, that can allow us or give us the space to discuss what we do with our ingredients and how we formulate them uh, to make this beautiful product. So this is what Caracol is trying to do too. So be as transparent and as clear with our new range of products uh, that we just launched uh, under Dr. Craft. And so, yes, there there is a lot has has been done these last 10, 20 years uh, on natural ingredients. uh, And these natural ingredients are performing beautifully. But there's, again, a variability uh, depending on um, the brands and how they use uh, the natural ingredients. Teresa, let's talk a little bit about transparency among brands. It's it's been increasingly um, pressured into, I think, is a fair term, pressured into disclosing all the ingredients in their products. But in turn, that is leading us to discuss what are these ingredients. A lot of us don't recognise the names that we see on packets. What's your perspective on that? I think that with the skin intellectual millennials, they want to know exactly what's in the products that they're using. And they use the internet to find out all this information. And there is a lot of information online, as you said, blogs, and even a few beauty companies who are now having ingredients dictionaries are listing all the ingredients on their websites so this is helping them understand better um, and the brands to become more transparent in what they're using I think that education is key and we still need to push for this even more just because when you say something is natural what does it mean when it's natural It could mean so many different things or many people believe that when a product is organic that it's like 100% organic when in fact there might only be a certain amount of organic um, ingredient in it. So we have to be um, really clear. So as a brand you need to be really transparent in how many like put the percentage, put the ingredients on the packaging so that the consumer can easily like see what's in it bit like food, you know, the food industry, they, they list all the ingredients, um, how, how much is in there. That's what the beauty industry needs to go, um, needs to do as well. That's what I, I believe in. So education um, and transparency of the brand as well. 
let's talk a little bit about standardisation because from a food industry perspective, it's much easier because you have a carrot, it's a carrot. Um, And you're talking from an organic perspective how that carrot was grown. If you put carrot into a beauty product, that's no longer a carrot. We're talking about something completely different. And the number one ingredient on most beauty products is water, which by definition Mm. cannot be organic. So let's talk a little bit about that. There are a lot of natural claims out there. Let's separate them a bit. Corinne, do you want to start us on this? Yeah, I mean, I think greenwashing has become very common word and I also think that customers understand what it means. So as we've already said, they're more savvy than ever before. So they do have the tools and means to find out more and they ask some really um, deep questions to brands as well, which I think is only going to help to improve the standard. But we've certainly found over the years that independent certification has become really important, that a lot of customers want um, brands to have independent certifying. They don't want to just hear that the brand is giving this guarantee. So again, at Trilogy, we've always had our very own very high um, standard of natural. But a few years ago, recognising that customers wanted this independent clarification, that we um, aligned ourselves with Natru, which is a European certifying body and one of the highest standards in Europe. And I think companies like that, there's Cosmos is another great one, that they're doing a really great job of also promoting their standards and customers are now looking for those logos so that they feel that when they're buying natural, they are buying an authentically natural product. So definitely certification is going to play a big part going forward. But at the same time, certification is complicated because not those certifiers don't always have the same standards either. So we also have varying standards within that area. So it's confusing for people working in the industry as well as for customers trying to select a product as well. But I think also at the end of the day, when customers do research, they do soon work out which brands are truly credible. And there's a lot more to just the natural debate and using natural skincare products. It's also about how you're sourcing, about how transparent you are with your labelling. People want to be part of the story. They want to know that what they buy today, they feel good about buying it as well, that they want to know the ingredients, the products are fairly traded, that we have traceability, we know where they're coming from and they're beneficial to the communities that are producing them so it's not it's much more than just being natural it's also being ethical it's being responsible in your approach and customers want to be part of that with you and let's um we touched on it earlier but let's talk a little bit about sustainability for naturals because that's one of the big challenges isn't it Miriam you were talking about it earlier do you want to expand on that slightly yes so um we talk about sustainability when we take in consideration where the ingredient comes from, uh, the impact on people uh, who are um, harvesting the ingredients, for instance, how they are uh, compensated for their work and um, how uh, this ingredient then is processed, uh, the waste material that it creates or generates, the uh, energy consumption um, that is used to produce the actual uh, transformed ingredient for the the use of um, in formulations and uh, finally how it is used in the consumer's house. So it, it's called life cycle. So we looked at the very beginning to the very end of the product's life. And this is in, an important thing to take in consideration. If you want to be sustainable, you want to have the minimal waste, you want to have the minimal impact on the environment, on the, on the people who work in the industry. So since the harvesting stage. 
and and so uh, some products are uh, highly demanding in time, energy, effort. People who uh, work in the fields are poorly compensated, and so this won't be considered as sustainable because we can't keep doing this. While some petrochemical ingredients have been produced for many years, their processes have been optimized, so they end up creating very, very little waste material. Uh, the energy is minimized, so um, can be v- uh, very e- efficiently produced. So um, this is where question comes, is, is which product is the most sustainable? And so, for instance, um, natural, so plants make... A, a complexity of of products of ingredients and so it's not a simple one ingredient that that will have this or 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 um, effect in the formulation and on people's skin for instance uh, it's a mixture and some of these ingredients will contain elements that are undesirable for instance phototoxic uh, ingredients that will uh, affect your skin if you put your, if you, you you expose yourself to sunlight, um, and so they need to be removed from the extract from the plant extract, and this costs a lot of money. It costs energy. Uh, it needs research, and the process that have been uh, developed to do that need to be. Uh, organic if possible, uh, use safe chemicals or, or no chemicals at all. So just, I mean, what I mean is synthetic chemicals means uh, just water. This makes the, the, the whole preparation of the ingredient very, very difficult. One example, uh, which is quite um, well known and well documented, is a bitter almond oil, which is used in baking. Uh, but the synthetic version is more sustainable and safer to the consumer than the natural version that contains cyanides and can be toxic. So in small quantities, it doesn't harm, but in, in large quantities, it can uh, have a toxic effect um, and, in fact, kill you. <laughs> uh, so this is the, the whole question about uh, and the complexity of this, this conversation is the fact that naturals are not single ingredients. Naturals are complex compositions of ingredients that will have good and not so good effects when used in formulation. So is to be able to work with these, maybe uh, remove those that don't give a positive effect uh, and keep only um, the, um, the ingredients that are uh, beneficial for the formulation. I think it's it's fascinating if we take it from millennial gen z consumer perspective on the one hand they're more educated and demanding than ever about the products that they use on the other they can seem incredibly um uneducated if we take clean food and clean beauty for example if we're talking milk substitutes a lot of those are deeply unsustainable all coconut oil for example mm. also has terrible health consequences if you have too much of it. Let's talk a little bit about that dichotomy in the millennial consumer brain. Teresa, do you want Mm -hmm. to uh, expand on that? Yeah, particularly with the Gen Z, they are 
buying brands that are transparent. They want brands that are socially responsible, that is good for the planet because they they know its impact. So when they are looking for products, they these are the the, the things that they will seek out for. Um, I guess like naturals are associated with being better, um, but we could look into things like bioengineering and maybe creating um, ingredients that are actually a bit more sustainable by growing them on the lab. And also this could be safer as well because it's tested um, and you're not taking it from you know, the natural surroundings. So you're actually being more sustainable, which is kind of what the Gen Z want. And of course, they, they there is kind of like the whole, you know, certain chemicals nat- or are bad, we know that. But some naturals, like you said, are also um, irritates the skin as well. So I guess the whole education, we need to educate them through the different differences between naturals and, and the chemicals so that they fully understand what, what, the, what they're buying into. And from a brand's perspective, Corinne, I mean, are we saying natural above all or are we saying efficacy is more important? What, what is our priority there? I think with skincare that products have to be effective. I think long gone are the days where people buy natural just because they're natural. The products have to work today. So we position ourselves as natural skincare that works because ultimately people only come back to repurchase a product if they see an improvement in their skin. And we also live in a society where we want it all. So not only does the product have to work, um, it needs to look good, People like to enjoy using a nice product, so packaging is important. They also want to feel good about it. So I think having the transparency, the social responsibility story behind it is important. Um, And natural hits those marks. But as I said before, not all natural is equal. So there are different standards of natural skincare products, natural products, food as well in the industry. And people are getting more savvy towards that. But ultimately, we want our products to work. We're we're still buying them and investing in them. So we want a return on that. From a brand perspective, would you prefer that the regulators step in and actually standardise naturals so that those who perhaps were slightly elevated natural products and those who just put a nice picture on the packaging. I think it's a tricky one because I think there definitely needs to be some sort of regulation. The problem is is agreeing what that standard is because even brands have different standards as well and sometimes by having a global standard it could bring the overall standard down as well. So it's a really challenging one and that's where I would encourage customers to research to really get to know the brands and ultimately the brands that are selling well they sell well for a reason people do come back to buy them because they're working so I think while we've got this big influx of lots of natural and so-called organic products on the market it's really only the ones that are performing well that are going to survive because again people are they don't particularly this younger generation they won't keep buying products if they're not working. Marion what do you think about regulation of natural standards? There's um, the, multi-simpli- uh, the multiplicity of certifications that private uh, entities that allow a better, a more clear understanding of what is in the product. And these certifications appear on, on the labels of the products. One of the problems is the fact that there are more and more certification agencies and it becomes confusing. So the EU regulation is stepping in, in fact, uh, with a couple of annexes added to claims. 
And so it's the free from hypoallergenic claims will be a little bit more regulated. Um, so, for instance, it won't be allowed to put um, fragrance-free when there's an ingredient that is that is scented in the in the in the formula. Um, the same way, we won't be able to put uh, preservative-free or parabens-free if the product doesn't need a preservative. So these are really important things that are happening now. So annexes have been um, publicly announced and will be in place in July next year. So uh, hopefully this will help um, uh, customers and brands to have a more clear uh, vision of what is um, the market and and who are doing actual natural and organic and substantiating clearly their claims. I really agree with that. And I think that's a standard that we need across the whole skincare industry because it's not just natural brands that are playing in that field. There are other um, highly synthetic brands that will put labels on their products to say no parabens, which can mislead the customer. The customer sees that no word and then considers, oh, well, if it doesn't contain parabens, not that parabens have to be bad for you. Um, but if when they see the word no, they automatically think, oh, well, then it doesn't contain this, it doesn't contain that. And that's where the misleading part is. So that as a standard, I would love to see because I think definitely we could do better on that because it is confusing. Mm. It would level the playing field rather than creating a lot of bureaucracy yes. for the small, because ultimately a lot of Naturals companies are small businesses. You don't think that bureaucracy will be difficult for them or you think it will level... Well, certification is expensive for small companies as well. So that's another challenge as well, that as soon as you... Particularly when you go down the organic farming route, all of these things are very, very costly for smaller brands. Um, So definitely the larger pharmaceutical companies have the advantage on that. What I would like to see is an industry that's united, so it is a fair playing field because the cu- there's enough customers out there for all of us. And a little bit like the food industry, you know, there are some people that won't have any, they want no sugar or people want gluten-free, but then there are lots of people that don't want gluten-free. And I think if we approach skincare like that, some people want 100% organic, other people are happy if it's just some organic ingredients, and other people are happy just that it works. And I think it's just that it's not misleading people into thinking they're buying something that they're not. Let's talk about the different type of consumer because you know ultimately there are consumers that want the turkey twizzler of skincare (laughs) and there are others that want everything to be you know whole foods organic do you think there's space for everyone Teresa do you want to talk about the different groups out there yeah there's so many different types of consumers out there there's those that want the complete natural they want the the clean sort of organic and then there's those that want the more dermatology brands um, or the science kind of um, brands out there that have the kind of backings with all the claims and then there's those that want a bit of both so like the hybrids they want the kind of like the science but all science backed naturals so they, they want that so I think that there is sort of like your different consumer groups who want different things and as a brand you do need to kind of tap into all of them um, 
for like the Gen Z, they're very social responsible. Um, they want um, products that are good for the environment. So for them, you need to also think about being transparent through the whole entire supply chain from, you know, uh, from right from the beginning through to the the end product themselves. For a skin-intelligent millennial, they'll probably want something that's um, natural, but also they, they want something beautiful and that performs as well. They want to put it on their Instagram and show this is the product. So there is a lot of different consumers out there who want different things, but ultimately I think all of them want the product to work, but also good for the, the planet, but also good for themselves as well. What about baby boomers? What's their take on the naturals trend? I think for them, it's about the health aspect. That's their number one priority, kind of looking for products that uh, don't contain the chemicals that will harm harm them. Um, they, they want products, again, to work, but they're looking for it to provide them with kind of like, yeah, it's the health is their number one kind of priority when they're shopping for a, a beauty product, I think. Mary, as of Naturals Formulator, do you find it quite frustrating that the general conception out there is that natural is not scientific? I think this is changing um, because uh, there are more and more studies out there showing that naturals, in fact, is just something that we forgot, something that was done, used by our grandmas, uh, great-grandparents, uh, and we just stopped using because after the Industrial Revolution, the petrochemical base ingredients were so uh, were available in very large quantities. And it was like a discovery. Uh, we wanted to play with them. We want to work, experiment, improve them. And we discover a, a very large range of things that we could do with these, um, with these ingredients. And so now we are coming back to it for several reasons. For the fact that we are aware of the fact that petrochemical sources are depleting this is the very first reason. The second is because, in fact, when looking at alternatives, we discovered that naturals were used before and are still there, available. Naturals don't give us amazing soaps and detergents. They don't. Nature doesn't make a full range of palette for us to use, but working with what we have now and trying to understand how nature makes colors and how nature makes um, um, soapy, uh, ingredients we, that foam, uh, we can understand and try to use this for, for a new generation of, of a personal care products. There's a change here where we go back to uh, traditional uh, practices, old recipes and look at it with the new tools, the modern tools, this, the new science that we have available. We have analytical instruments that allow us to actually see what is the the chemical that is doing it, that is actually having this effect. And that's a really powerful way to, to look at nature. It's a really interesting and the potential is huge. Um, and so this is what we are doing <laughs> uh, every day in our labs. And then it's how we communicate this to consumers. So we want to go straight from the lab where we do our research, so we publish our results and also talk directly to consumers through blogs, through our website. We want to explain what we know about these ingredients and what we discovered using the science of today. And Corinne, do you want to expand on that? How do you talk to the different groups of 
consumers if we are saying that some want natural above all else and some want science-backed? How do you merge those two and talk to both groups at the same time? Um, well, I think back to the performance thing is really important because people want results, whoever they are. I would say that still, and well, probably the majority of our customers, they use Trilogy, one, because it works, but because it is natural as well. So I think that's how people find us, first of all. And I think we're in a period of time where people are looking at their lifestyle. They want a more simplistic approach, very concerned about wellness. And also the way we perceive how we look, I think, is changing. People are looking a lot more for healthy, radiant, glowing skin. And I think that also backs into natural. I think people are more realistic about what skincare can do for them. So um, back in the day when it seemed like the long Longer list of ingredients and the more complicated words that we didn't understand and scientifically made in labs. I think that used to be more appealing, but I think today people are realistic that they want to look the best they can at the age they are, but they're not looking for unrealistic results. So we like to adapt our approach to the different types of customers. Um, there are different ways of talking, like we've talked about with the different ages. The millenniums are very very influential. I think um, they've changed the way the beauty world speaks in terms of how media approach beauty. They've also brought a lot of diversity into the beauty industry as well. Um, but at the same time, they also, because they're very much into their Instagram of photographs, there's that whole dewy, glowy Instagram dream skin look going on as well. So we sh I think it's just different for different people. But as I keep saying, ultimately, people just want lovely products that work on their skin. And if they can feel good about what they're buying, that is an added bonus. I think it's an interesting perspective on naturals that it ties into a body positivity debate. I mean, that's a nice way of looking at it and saying that it's fear-inspired, isn't it? What do you think, Teresa? What, yeah. Do you think the body positivity debate, us all searching for glow rather than trying to look 10 years younger, is, is a nice way of, of thinking about naturals and that could be a better way for the naturals to market themselves, perhaps? Absolutely. It's the whole wellness trend that's influencing this, but also kind of like that self-love, self-care and just embracing who you are. And I think that, yeah, you're right. The whole glow trend, looking good, embracing your lines and wrinkles and the whole, you know, anti-aging, that's going to go away. You know, those terms are already been by a few brands and they're more kind of pro-aging and like you know embrace your lines and it's more about skin texture and I definitely agree and that's kind of the way the naturals industry will go it's about kind of empowering yourself with these products making yourself feel really good when you use them and if they're natural that's an added bonus and if they have like a sustainable story behind it that's even better and so I think that um, yeah, that's the way forward. Everyone's like taking better care of their bodies, what they eat. The fitness trends are all going up as well. A lot, lot more people going to the gym, um, looking after their health. So, yeah, I definitely think that that is kind of the way um, the natural industry They feel go. more in control today of their future and what they can select for themselves and for their family as well. So a lot of women or a lot of family might decide to change their lifestyle when maybe they first have children, they start to think when they're responsible for somebody else, they start thinking about their lifestyle, the choices that they're making. And they have the power and the knowledge to make those changes as well, to have a positive impact. And Absolutely. I think that gives a lot of, um, as you said, it, you know, people feel empowered to make those changes and they've got the knowledge to do it. 
We've seen that a lot with kind of the whole preventative healthcare as well. Yes. Like people are looking for things that prevent diseases from, you know, attacking their bodies now rather than curing it as you get it. So it's kind of preventative rather than doing something because it's happened already. It's doing it so that you don't get it in the long term. Curative approaches are always more um, aggressive and damaging ultimately overall than the preventing route. So it is clearly a trend that is very strong and coming. And also the empowerment of uh, beauty, beauty products, because uh, somehow also in uh, Generation Z, um, this generation is prepared to take pictures anytime, anywhere. Mm -hmm. They want also to feel in control of their image. And so having some sort of control or understanding of what they are doing, why they are doing and how they look or how they feel, which is even more important uh, when these uh, pictures are taken. And then they expect also these to be on social media. So the impact is, is important for them. And so being able to control their image uh, is really, really something they put a lot of uh, energy in. I do see beauty products are, as an empower, hmm. empowering tool for, for this generation. And I think the impact also that generation is having on their parents or older siblings or workmates is also really interesting because I think they are spreading the word of a better lifestyle and wellness and having more knowledge and taking control and what products you use. So I think it's also having a really positive impact on a much wider age group rather than just their own age group as well. I think it's also interesting that they tend to sort of blanket create almost a sort of self-brand for themselves so they don't consider it separate I think perhaps people in the older generation would consider their washing up liquid something different to what they put on their face but Generation Z don't they see their whole brand what I put on social media and what I use in all aspects of my home and on my body has to chime with this same route yeah and they feel proud to show it off as well that's why you see so many people taking images with the product because it's part of what they stand for and they want to show that so it does become part of who they are. An important fact and interesting is that there's more transparency in cosmetic products than in uh, your laundry product. You don't find the ingredient list or in your washing liquid. There's no ingredient list in your washing liquid. So if you have an allergy to a certain compound, it's very, very difficult to avoid it. Uh, while in cosmetics, it's well, it's doable. You can you can find the, the complete list of ingredients uh, in the formulation, and so you you can actually do a, a, a choice or make a choice of of buying or not. And I think it's important to add that um, natural does or natural skincare natural products goes through exactly the same regulation as any other product as well so the standard is just as high it still has to have the same safety testing um so it's absolutely safe what you're buying it's mm. not you know somebody's just mixed it up and is allowed to sell it on the shelf and let's talk a little bit i mean obviously natural is not a new trend i'm not suggesting that for a minute but it is new how gen z and millennials are approaching their natural products and how they're buying them and why the motivation behind it what do we think is going to happen as they grow up i mean we're all quite idealistic when we're young when we're not <laughs> what where's this going do you think that they will maintain their their opinion or do you think that it will change naturally 
I think, I mean, for me, I only see the trend growing because I think as there are more and more brands and, you know, there are more sales coming into the natural industry as well, which is then going to give more money for research and development, that is going to be a huge area that we get more and more improvements. Um, so I think it will just grow and I think we'll have some really exciting products, high performance product from the natural field. And maybe we'll have a combination of both that will be working closer together. But I see it only being more high performance, more sustainable ingredients. That's the way the world has to go. Improvement in packaging. I think everybody needs to take on responsibility of what they're doing. And I think that will be driven by consumers as well. I don't see it going away. What is difficult is the transition, moving from a 100% synthetic industry to a much more natural industry, because we can't just expect to replace a synthetic in ingredient by a natural. It doesn't work like this. We need to redesign the formulations. We need to rethink the packaging. We need to reconsider every single step. And, and so the transition is happening now. And so once this transition is done, I believe we will continue and improving what we are already e doing. Even the formulas that we have today, mm -hmm. just sim they simply weren't possible 10 years ago. Yeah. So even in you know 10 years, which is relatively short in science, there are some really amazing natural products that just didn't happen years ago. So I think that will just continue. What about you, Therese? Where do you see the trend going? I think it will move towards a more kind of sustainable approach. So maybe like, you know, bio engineering creating um, natural synthetics in the labs that are safer because they're tested and it's better for the environment um, I also already see retailers shifting their focus onto more natural categories you see like Sephora with their clean category Barney's have done that um, also Nordstrom so I feel like there's going to be more towards that as well in retail like a complete offering of products and, and brands being transparent in what they're using. I found something really interesting was that in the US, only a handful of ingredients are actually banned compared to 1,300 in Europe. So that's really interesting because that means that consumers, you know, still don't know what's in their products. And so for them, they're really digging deep and searching for those ingredients online and, un and understanding, uh, better understanding themselves on what, what's in the product. So they're doing their research. So I, I, I feel like consumers will continue to research um, extensively on what the ingredients are in the products. And then brands are going to be more sustainable in terms of like zero waste packaging, looking at sustainable ingredients that they could use, like for instance, using like fruit waste or, and repackaging it into um, cosmetics um, and just being completely transparent as well throughout the whole chain um, in the process. Do you think Lastly, that we ask more of natural brands, is that what we're saying? Because it's quite an ask, isn't it? Saying that you need to be sustainable and your packaging needs to be eco-friendly and your ingredients need to be natural and effective and safe. What's your perspective on that? Is that, is that what, what we're aiming I, for, even? I think possibly it is the consumer's perception that if it's a natural brand, all these other things go in hand with it, which is sometimes overlooked by other products that they're using. So yes, there is, I think, a big responsibility on the waste 
for natural brands to perform at so many different levels and tick all the right boxes. Um, but then I think it's what we believe in. Certainly for a brand like Trilogy, from the beginning, we've had a mantra, which is maximum effect on your skin, minimum effect on the environment. And, you know, 15, 16 years ago when we started, that was quite new thinking, but it was something that was very close to our heart and something that we've continued with. And we've seen that growth as well continue. I think the the way we are going, yes, the the the, the consumer is very demanding. Uh, it's highly educated and uh, determined, and will not give up. Uh, so they want products that work. That's the very first thing. They want products that are actually fulfilling uh, their tasks or their their aim, and um, and that's that's one one thing that will not go away. Um, they because of their awareness of all the well-being and the importance of mental health, and um, they will look for products that trigger uh, the three senses that we use when we use a cosmetic, which is uh, the sight, the touch and the smell. Uh, so the sight will be often in the packaging, but also just on the color of the, of the, of the product or things. Uh, if it's uh, shiny, glowy, they will be naturally attracted to it. The touch, uh, anything that will allow a different texture. So um, it is important. And then the smell, which is the most important important sense we have uh, with fragrances and um, and so a successful product is a product that do, does both that performs and that is able to bring these uh, some source of well-being to the consumer and the sustainable part so there's a few few ideas behind sustainability there's uh, where the product comes from is it coming from a waste material so this is what we do at caracol we use the residual material of the juice industry to make in new ingredients so we give a second life to our our fruits and berries that are used for the juice production and are then thrown away and we uh, reuse these because these um, parts of the fruits are rich in in various ingredients uh, color but not only and so uh, this is something it gives more value to the fruit it gives more value to the farmers ultimately so this is also the idea behind our um, company um, so sustainability means also what happens after when it goes to the waste stream or the, the in, in your shower when you you you, you shower you use a, a shower gel for instance and and um, um, what happens to the, the product so it's the biodegradability and this is something that is still it's just starting but it's really um, we need to define this clearly what is biodegradability we do already see some claims that are a little bit um, uh, taking advantage of the trend um, and so um, Biodegradability means no bioaccumulation means that it will it won't accumulate in your body or in other organisms uh, and so become toxic um, for for the the environment. So these are our um, concepts that are just starting uh, and are not yet 
completely well defined. And so I'm very much looking forward to a, a better definition of uh, sustainability on, and all the aspects of sustainability. Sustainability is not just because it comes from a sustainable source, it's also what happens after uh, and how people use it. Uh, for instance, we know that um, uh, hand wash products um, from pump sets that you buy uh, deliver more in volume of product than a refillable bottle. And it's nearly the double, and we don't need so much soap mm -hmm. to wash our hands. So this is again another question about how much product we actually need. The same idea with toothpaste. We put too much toothpaste on our on a toothbrush. And it's because the, 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 the outlet of the toothpaste tube is very large and we don't need so much. So uh, these are all the sustainability questions behind sustainability and how we redefine, redesign our products to be more sustainable. While still selling them, presumably. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much to all of our guests for joining us today. Thank you, Corinne, our sales and marketing manager at natural skincare brand Trilogy. Thank you, Teresa, senior beauty editor at WGSN. And thank you, Miriam Penahood, uh, who is technical director at Keracle. Thank you.